I'm really excited right now. Many of you know that we're one church in four main locations around the city, Oxford Falls, Silverwater, Penrith, and tonight we have our pastor from Roselle, Pastor Ward Lucas. He's a great man of God and a great preacher of the word. Let's give him a really warm Silverwater welcome. Thank you. Awesome. Let's give the Lord a great big hand tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. You are good. Fantastic. Turn to the person next to you and say, is this guy back again? <laughs> uh, you may be seated. Thanks. For, can I just say a great uh, shout out to uh, Pastor Hart and Natalie down here. Give your pastors a big hand. Love these guys. Absolutely phenomenal leaders and a tremendous leadership team. And just a phenomenal church. Um, you guys are amazing and you are doing amazing things. And the future is incredible. You are in a phenomenal place right here. And tonight, I believe that uh, we're not going to leave this place without being impacted by God's Word and God bods, by God's Spirit, not God Bod's Spirit. Uh, thanks, guys. Can we give these guys a big hand? Love your worship team. Going to be sharing... Uh, tonight about water baptism. So I want to speak to two types of people here tonight. Those that have been water baptised and those that haven't been water baptised. Hopefully that covers just about everybody here. Has anybody not been water baptised or has been water baptised? or Don't fit into either of those two categories. Put your hand up. <laughs> okay, so I'm talking hopefully to every single person here tonight, I want to talk out of Romans chapter 6. It's a book in the New Testament. I love this book. Uh, verses 3 to 7, I'm going to read it to you. If it's, uh, uh, you should be able to read it up on the screen or uh, in your Bible app or in your Bible or uh, something like that. Romans 6, 3 to 7 says this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in, his death like his, in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. I've got three points here tonight. My first point is baptism is all about Jesus. Baptism is not about you. Baptism is about Jesus. That first uh, verse there of that scripture we just read says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death. Baptism is about Jesus. Everything we have, everything we have to look forward to, every blessing that we experience in this life is because of Jesus. Colossians 1.17 says that everything was created for him or by him, through him, and for him. Everything, everything we see, even our own lives, were created 
for him. For him. So everything is about Jesus. And baptism is not about us. It's not about being self-conscious. It's, but it's about aligning ourselves with the God who came to earth and gave his life for you and for I. Baptism is about Jesus. Everything we have. Jesus lived. Jesus was crucified. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose again. Jesus Christ rose again. And when we align ourselves with him, when we align ourselves with what he has done, then we experience, this scripture says, his death, his burial, and also his resurrection in this life. That's good news. So baptism is about Jesus. And you say, well, why did, he, why did he do it? Why did he have to die? He died for you. He died for me. He came for you. He came for me. And he rose for you. And he rose for me. Everything that he did in this earth was for you and for me. Everything. But it's about him. Romans 5.12 says this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. I'm, uh, um, uh, at the moment, um, my father-in-law, my wife's father, is um, a few days away from dying of cancer. And we spent the day with him yesterday. He's been getting progressively worse over the last six months, but he's pretty much going to go any, any moment now. And we were down there with our family, with our kids, and uh, spent the day with him. Uh, he's still cognizant. He's, he can still talk. So we had the opportunity for our kids to talk to him, for him to talk to them. Um, and whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, he's a strong believer. And so, you know, he said, I'm ready to go. I, I know where I'm going. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm just ready for that to go and and that's comforting to know that but even as a believer there's also there's something within us whether you're a Christian or not a Christian uh, that that struggles with the idea of death no matter how often we see it or if it's experienced even when we're Christians there's something within us that, that says this is not right this is not the way it's supposed to be and you know what if you feel that or you've ever sensed that if you ever lost a loved one and you've experienced that you're absolutely right. It was never the way it was supposed to be. It wasn't the way God designed us. We were never designed to die. But this scripture tells us because of one man and because of our relationship and because of mankind's rebellion, not just, and sin the Bible calls it, not just our mistakes, not just our faults, but there is within us a nature that is rebellious against God, that despises his leadership and his control over our life. It's within us. Anybody struggle with authority? <laughs> we all do. Uh, You've got a bad teacher, you've got someone, that, and, you know, there's something within us. But every one of us, when we face someone's death or someone that we love, even if we know we, they're going to, uh, to be with the Lord, it's not right. We feel it. We sense it. I've done a, quite a number of funerals with Christians and with non-Christians. But no one, no one goes, well, 
that's okay, it's just the way it's meant to be and it's all right and fine. Nobody does that. Everybody says, this is not right. This, is, this doesn't feel right. It's not the way it's supposed to be and it's not. Death was never intended by God and yet because of our rebellion, because of our turning away, as this scripture says, death came. And we will all experience it at some point in our lives. We don't like to think about it. Who's glad they came to church tonight right now? <laughs> but what we, de- we have to deal with our mortality and the fact that we will face death. But the Bible says that Christ came and died so that we only face death once. That we will die. This body will pass away at some point. But Christ came to bring redemption and to bring resurrection and to bring eternal life to every single person that accepts him as their Lord and their Savior. Um, So not only is baptism about Jesus, baptism is about death. We were buried, the scripture says, we were buried with him through baptism into death. So when we come to that baptism, when, when we when we get water baptized, we're, we are saying that I'm aligning myself with what Christ did, that he died and he was buried, but spiritually, I don't need to go through that. What it's symbolizing is the fact that I'm saying to God and to the world that this is the end of my affiliation or my, my uh, connection my heart affair with this world. That's what we're saying. When it says here, we're in Christ, we were buried with him. Burial emphasizes completion. It is the finality of something. Something ends right there. You don't bury somebody who's not dead. You get in trouble for that. (laughs) It's the end of something. It's when there's a completion of something. And that's what this baptism is is symbolic of, the end of something in our life, the end of it. They don't hand out Aldi catalogs at graveyards. No one's going to be taking that up. You know, they don't go chasing parking fines at the graveyard either. No one's going to be paying them. Something has ended in that point. And when we're baptized, what we are saying is, it's the end of my affection, if you like, with this world. A completion of my, my, um, uh, my, um, attraction, that'll do. (laughs) <laughs> I have a mental blank there. Um, <laughs> it's, the finality, it's the finality of something. So when we're getting baptized, whether you have been baptized, or maybe you're thinking about it, or maybe you haven't, what you're saying is, no more. No more. From this point on, my affection, my heart, my focus, and my future is about the purpose of God. It's about the call of God. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about eternal things and not temporal things. That's what I'm saying, that there's a death to my carnal nature, if you want to use those those terms, to the the passions and the 
and, and the attractions and the lust and all these words that are in the Bible, but I'm putting those things to death. We're saying no more. No more. As I read back in that first scripture, at the end there it says, for we know that our old self, the old body, was crucified with Christ and buried with Christ. De uh, baptism is about death. It's about the death of that part of our life, saying that's the end of it. And every one of us deal with those things, those, those, the, that carnal nature, that old man that the Bible talks about, that part of us that is rebellious towards God, that part of us that doesn't want God's control, doesn't want God telling us what to do, doesn't want God saying, no, this is what I want you to do. I mean, there's something in all of us that, that hates being told what to do. I hate being told what to do. <laughs> something on the inside says, and that's the old nature. That is the carnal nature. And we're, what we're saying is when we come under God, we're saying, Lord, I believe that your plan for my life is better than my plan for my life that your future outline for me is better than one that I can create for myself. And so I'm going to trust you that my future and my life, I'm going to put it in your hands and I'm going to let go of this thing that's inside of me that says, no, I don't want you telling me what to do. No, I don't telling. I don't want you telling me how I should behave. I don't want to forgive that person. I hate that person. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to forgive my high school teacher. I don't want to forgive. I don't, I don't want to let that thing go. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Anyone ever felt like that? <laughs> you come into church and God starts talking to you about stuff and we can say, no, that's that nature. That's that nature that we're saying, no, that's dead. But guess what? It's not really, is it? It's not really. It keeps sticking it. It's like some... Horror movie, a hand keeps coming up out of the ground. <laughs> it's alive. Baptism. Uh, baptism is about burial. The proclamation that the relationship to this world has ended. And finally, so number one, baptism is about Jesus, number two, baptism is about death, but don't leave now, because <laughs> point three is baptism is about life. Baptism is not just about death, it is about life. And you know, oftentimes as Christians, we live as though we're still buried. We're still buried under the ground. So, We've surrendered to Jesus and we've given everything to God, and which is an awesome thing. And we go, oh, I don't care about the world. I don't care about anything. And I'm just going to live for Jesus. And, but that's not what God asked us to do. You know, I don't care about anything and I'm completely separated from the world. But what happens is then we just become just this spiritual um, thing that just floats around. And, you know, Paul spoke to the Thessalonian church in the book of Thessalonians because this is what they were doing. They got saved. They said, oh, well, Jesus is going to come back, and so we don't need to do anything, and we're not going to work, and we're not going to plan, and we're not going to live. We're just going to sit around, and we're just going to wait for Jesus. And he said, no, that's not the gospel. 
He said, if you don't work, guess what? You don't eat. He said, get out there and go, get married. Get out there and do stuff. Get out there and build businesses. Get out there and do something because Christianity is not just about the death of something. It's about the life of something. It's not just about something dying. It's about something getting resurrected. Resurrected in the power of Jesus Christ. A redeemed man, a redeemed woman, a redeemed vision, a redeemed future, a redeemed purpose. doesn't mean you don't have one. It just means it's sanctified, just means it's, it's empowered, just means it's got resurrection on it that brings us through into the things that God has for our life. The power of baptism is the power of the new life. And if you have been water baptized at some point, I want to ask you tonight, are you living in the memory of the baptism? Are you living in the power of it? Maybe it was a year ago, maybe five years ago, I got water baptised when I was 19. Six years ago. I remember it clearly. <laughs> no, 19 along. Uh, uh, oh, I can't do the maths that fast. Anyway, it's like 20 years, 20-something years ago. Uh, if you're try I'm 48 if you're trying to work out the maths. Um, 29 years ago. Um, but Jesus doesn't want us to just die to things. He actually wants us to live for things. And oftentimes what happens is we live like we've just died to everything. So I don't care about the future. I don't care about the world. I don't care about people. You know, I'm just, I'm just here for Jesus. But as I said at the beginning, baptism is not about you. It's about him. It's not about what we want, it's about what he wants. And he wants us to die to our old life so that we can rise again and be effective for him and for the kingdom and make changes and bring something significant into the world. Not in our own power and strength, but in the power of Jesus Christ. That's what he wants. Dead to sin, dead to the old life, but alive to Christ. You know, there's um, in the water baptism process, you would have seen up there, there's there's two parts to it. There's the going down part, which is the death. But uh, I know in my church, I don't know what it's like here with Pastor Hartley and Natalie, but we actually bring them back out, out of the water. <laughs> do they do that here as well? Okay, good. We're on the same page. So it's not just about a death. It's about a resurrection. There's two parts to it. Now, in the Old Testament, there's two rivers that the people of Israel had to cross when they came out of Egypt, or two bodies of water. The first one was the Red Sea, and the second one was the Jordan River. Now, um, I believe that these two signify two, two important and significant processes or, or thresholds, if you like, in the Christian walk. The first one, I believe the Red Sea is the going under the water. And I believe the crossing of the Jordan is the coming out of the water in and through water baptism. So in the Old Testament, the Israelites, God opened up the water, didn't he? The, the Red Sea parted and the Israelites came through it. They didn't do anything. They came into the miracle. God brought them out of Egypt. Egypt in the Old Testament is symbolic of, and the word means bondage. It means constraint. Egypt, it, it was the, it's symbolic of the old life, the old way, the, the unredeemed person in bondage, in slavery, bound 
and, uh, and held down. And the Bible says that God loved them so much, he sent Moses to them, who was representative of Jesus. He led them out, he split the Red Sea, and they came out, and God did it all, didn't he? He did it all, and that's what he does with our salvation. We don't earn our salvation. We don't buy our salvation. We don't, we don't do anything to do with it. It's a gift of God. It's all by grace. We open up our heart. We say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I want you. And, and it, it's available to every and everybody and any single person that says, I believe in God. You don't earn it, and the Israelites did it. But you know what? When they came to the Jordan River... And, and the rivers came and the water went open and they were going into the promised land. Guess what? God said something to them. He said, now I want you to defeat these enemies. I want you to defeat these giants. I want you to begin to possess, possess and take a hold of the things that I have promised you. So the old was about the death of the old person, about sanctification, or salvation, about atonement, about propitiation, about sanctification, all those things that God did in our life. That was coming out of the Red Sea. That's what takes place when we go under the water. Those things die. And when we come up, we're coming up in a new life. We're going into the promised land. We're going to live by faith in Jesus Christ. We're going to see those promises come because of his power and his word, but our faith resting in what he said and what he did. And if you've been water baptized, I want to speak to you tonight and say to you, are you living in the resurrection power of the baptism that took place in your life one, two, five, ten years ago? Are you seeing it today? Or is it just a distant memory of an event that took place? Or is the reality of what took place and the power of that significant event resident in your world today is it changing and affecting the way you live today because that's what it was supposed to do that's what it's supposed to do in our world and in our life it's different to communion there's two sacraments in the bible there's communion there's water baptism and jesus said that both are important and you know i've ministered thousands of communions over the years and water baptized hundreds and hundreds of people and they're both important but they're different. And uh, I haven't read this in the Bible. This is from my own experience. So don't throw stones at me. <laughs> but here, this is my experience. In church, handing out communion, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, right? And it's an important thing, remembering the death of Jesus. But I've never, in all the years that I've been leading church or being a leader in church, pastoring a church, uh, doing all those things, hundreds and Thousands of people and hundreds and hundreds of times have I distributed communion and prayed over people and never once have I had anyone in church, it may have happened here, but I've never seen anybody burst out in tongues receiving the elements of communion. I've never seen it happen. But guess what? I've seen it in water baptism time and time and time and time again. Why? Because something powerful takes place at that point. It's not just the memory of something that Jesus did. It's the power of something that he did taking place in our life right there, right then. Something happens. I've never, ever handed out communion and prayed over people in a service and seen demons come out of people as they took the elements. Ah! I've never seen it happen. Guess what? I've seen it happen in water baptism. Not a lot of times, but a couple of times. I was praying for a guy. Actually, I don't want to freak people out that are thinking, oh, maybe, I'll get, maybe I won't get water baptized. But 
no, no, this doesn't happen very often. But what I'm the point I'm trying to make is it's a powerful event that should be more than just a memory in our life. Power was received at that moment. And if you were baptized, that power is still there in your life and in your world. Are you living in it? Are you expressing it? Are you letting it loose on your future and on your dreams and on the purposes of God? Are you living and walking by faith? Are you doing that? Because that is what's available. I was praying for a guy one day. It's actually up at Oxford Falls when they used to have a pool. I don't know if you remember when there was a pool uh, at Oxford Falls. But <coughs> I was praying for this guy doing water baptisms. There was, I don't know how many people getting water baptized, 100 or something. And going through, going through, going through, baptize, pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Get out. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Get out. No, 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 not quite. But I'm uh, just praying for people. Anyway, this guy comes in. I go, oh, this guy looks a bit funny. Stand there, I go, have you accepted Jesus? Yes, I believe your life's going to change here today. Something significant is going to happen. I believe it. <coughs> I go, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, holding his hand. Uh, that's how I do it. I hold one hand, someone holds that hand, and then down in the water, bring him back up. That's my technique. I don't know what <laughs> Pastor Hartley does. Anyway, I'm about to drop him under, and all of a sudden, he starts tensing up like this, thinking, oh, this is unusual. <coughs> Next thing, he starts pushing me under the water. <laughs> He's going, and I'm going, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not right. Anyway, I said, in the name of Jesus, come out of here. And he goes, ah, boom, and he goes under the water, comes back up, starts speaking in tongues, starts speaking tongue, never spoken in tongue, didn't even know what tongues were, were. and he starts going, you know, all this stuff starts coming out, <coughs> um, because something significant happens when you get water power, now that doesn't happen all the time, it's happened twice in 20 years or something, um, don't be afraid that you're going to start manifesting if you haven't been water baptised and you want to, <laughs> but here's my point, Here's my point. I believe that water baptism is a sacrament, an ordinance <clears throat> that Jesus commanded, but I actually believe there's far more power in it than communion. This might be sacrilegious <clears throat> because I see what happens when people get water baptized. Communion is about the remembrance of what Jesus did, and it's significant and it's powerful. But when we're water baptized, <coughs> the devil hates people getting water baptized. And our flesh resists it so much. Uh, it's one of the hardest things I find sometimes when you're talking about people. If there is, oh no, I don't want to do it. Why? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I just don't feel right about it. Um, it's, it's because something dies at that point. We're, su we're actually submitting the leadership of our life over to God. We're actually saying, you know what, I'm going to let go. And that's not always easy. But when we do it, something significant happens. And we come up out of that water. <coughs> and at that point, we receive the resurrection power. I and mean, we've already received it, but the significance of it. It's not that you get saved when you get water baptized. But there's an encounter. With, when Jesus got water baptized, it says the heavens opened and the Father began to speak to him. 
So many times, you know, people receive prophecies and words from God at water baptism. So many times people burst into tears because something significant. They have an encounter with Jesus at that moment. I want you to think back to the time that you were baptized. Not, not everybody, and that doesn't mean if nothing supernatural or weird or significant happened when you were water baptized that it wasn't important, it wasn't powerful. It just means at that point in time you didn't need it. Um, but there's power that takes place. If you haven't been water baptized, if you haven't made that public surrender and said, God, I'm going to let go of my old life. I'm going to let go of my old ways, my old habits, the things that are holding me back. I'm going to let them go. They're going to die as I go under the water and I'm going to come up and I'm going to begin to live in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in my life. Now, if you've been <clears throat> a believer, you know that that doesn't mean that all those things all of a sudden disappear, but what it does mean when you give your life to Christ that now you have the power to rule over them. Certain things will die and fall off. Other things, you've got to say, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let go of bitterness <clears throat> and I'm going to hold on to forgiveness. I'm going to let go of despair and I'm going to begin to hold on to hope. I'm going to let go of <clears throat> anxiety and I'm going to hold on to peace. I'm going to let go of fear. I'm going to let go of hate and I'm going to hold on to love. Right there, right then, power comes into our world to bring change and transformation. I'll finish with this scripture. Romans 5.17 says this, for if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ? That's what I'm talking about. Right there, right then. Sin came through one man and death through all men. But how much more to those who receive Jesus Christ will they rule and reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ? That's what I'm talking about. That's the gospel. And it's not just talking about when you die and get to heaven. Oh yeah, afterlife. No, he's talking about right here, right now, in your workplace or in your business or in your family or in all those places when you're facing opposition, when you're facing challenges, when you're facing difficulty, when you're facing grief, when you're facing disappointment, all those things that are there that we face, you have power right here, right now in your world to overcome those things through Jesus Christ, to rule and to reign through that one man, Jesus Christ. It is not about you. It is about him. Baptism, everything that we have, everything that we live for, all that we see that is around us was, was created through him, by him, and for him. And when we give our lives and we surrender and we begin to live for him, we are aligning ourselves with your absolute purpose and destiny in life. It was the reason that you were created, to know him, to know why you were created, and to live for that for the rest of your days through his power in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand tonight. Thank you, Jesus.